This is the Dead Set Legends podcast on the Listener app with Wendell Saylor, Jude Bolton and Gus Warland. Each week, they bring you the big stars in sport, discuss the NRL issues of the week and have a few laughs in between. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Dead Set Legends and it is Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor this week. But gee, Brad Haddon was strong off the bench last week, Jude. Oh, he's just a quality human and just the... I guess the level of professionalism, it just it raised the standard. So, But it is good to have you back, Del. Yeah, it's great to have me back. And, uh, yeah, he did a good job. Like, look, to be honest, guys, I was just freshening up. But I got a message here from Rexy Morris saying, good to have you back, mate. We missed you last week. Exactly. Oh, Rexy so. Morris is our big boss. I've never got a message like that. Have you, I, Jude? I, I never get a message no, from No, never that. got a message this? like oh, that. Who's this? Fitzy. Fitzy. I'm working, Fitzy. Well, Fitzy's uh, even the bigger boss. I've never certainly got a nice, not, never got a nice message from him. What about you, Jude, this week? Uh, you've been on a roll with the Melbourne Cup. How did you go? No, I didn't. Didn't do too well on the Melbourne Cup, but it was great to see. Very elegant win and, and upset the favourite in incentivise. So that was a big day. But um, uh, the big news this week for me was little Cleo Smith. Uh, I mean, just the. Oh. I think we all, um, you know, hugged our kids a, a lot tired during during the week, but it's just incredible news. So, um, well done to the WA police over there. So. You don't normally get a good result from that particular situation. So, plenty of tears in our house Amazing. once once yeah. we saw that dash cam from the policeman and stuff. It was lovely to be there to live that moment with the policeman who normally probably wouldn't have such a good result. So fantastic. Hey, can I say, look, our police office, men and women, they do a wonderful job. And, you know, they've been through hell the last couple of years, you know, obviously through the COVID stuff and people have, have attacked them, the bushfire stuff, and, you know, they do such a wonderful job. But also, can I just say the power of social media, um, I, I felt sorry for Chloe's parents, like, because they were getting attacked on social media. Well, they, everyone always yeah. thinks it's a parents, right? It's crazy, but like, it's a really good story. So, it's yeah. a fantastic story. Yeah. We've got a great show coming up. We've got Peter Volandi's going to join us. Yeah. We love a list on the Dead Set Legends, and a new list has come out, boys. The top 25 highest earning athletes of all time. So we'll run it down from number 25 to number one with a few uh, really, really well-known names and people that we love and adore. At number 25, Derek Jeter. $750 million from the Yankees. Ooh. He's retired now, but wonderful player. Peyton Manning, uh, NFL yeah. quarterback, $777 million. This man at number 20. It's second place then for Lewis Hamilton. This then is for the lead. And he's looking up the inside. He's through. He's got so much more grip, poise and confidence through there. This man has made great use of those tyres this afternoon. Lewis Hamilton brilliantly wins the Chinese. He's, yeah, one of he, your, he's one of your favourites. Oh, he, I love him. He's just everything about him. He's just he's he's such a sexy guy, and um, he's always dating like supermodels and stuff. But you know, he just but he just keeps it real. Like the Black Lives Movement, he was just you know he was there rock solid. Oh, he is the key. Yeah. He is number twenty yeah. at eight hundred and thirty-eight million dollars. He has earned yeah. in his all time, which is <laughs> an extraordinary amount of money. Uh, we've got Manny Pacquiao at eight hundred and fifty-one million. Mike Tyson. He just tips it at $1.05 billion, wow. But the only Australian boys in the list at number 15 is this man. No audio. No audio. I thought we had Greg, Greg Norman. Norman. Oh, yeah. Greg shark. Norman. Oh, the yes. Shark. I love how the good, shark. Amazing. How good would it have been to have his yeah. miss putts at the Masters or <laughs> oh, something like that? But I love him on the golf course. I love, I love his stuff off the golf course as well. He's, he's, well, he's, he's naked now boats. all the time, isn't he? Yeah, he he's, loves getting, he loves getting naked. Yeah, he, he loves, loves walking his dog. And then yeah. he's a good-looking seventy-odd-year-old man, though, isn't he? Okay, let's go to a little bit of what we do have. Roger Federer at number ten, one point five one billion. He's done it, and look what it means to Roger Federer. The world number one claims his first U.S. Open title, and in emphatic fashion, it was as well. Not very excited that uh, 
bit of commentary. No, just, but, <laughs> that's probably when he's just winning all the time, you know. It's a bit there. Yeah. 1.51 billion he's earned. Yeah. Oh, but it, mate, he's, the, he's, the whole he's, RF logo. Yeah, but he's, he's everything, everything about like being a wonderful ambassador for sport, he is, or just a role model. Yeah, absolutely right. Michael Schumacher at number nine, 1.53 billion. Remember, he hasn't driven for, for nearly a decade. Mm. Lionel Messi at 1.54 billion. LeBron James at number seven, 1.58. Tiger Woods is at number two, boys. Yeah. $2.84 billion. Wow. He, he changed That's the game. Lot. He changed sport like, yeah. He, I, I think people, they say when he plays, yeah. it doubles or triples everything. Oh, yeah. All, all the other golfers have Tiger Woods to thank. For That's just, right. They're skyrocketing yeah. the money in the sport. Everyone wants to watch when yeah. Tiger's playing. What about at number one, this man? My mentality was to go out and win at any cost. If you don't want to live that regimented mentality, then you don't need to be alongside of me because I'm going to ridicule you until you get on the same level with me. And if you don't get on the same level, then it's going to be hell for you. That's Michael Jordan. Only 6% of his total came from his playing contract. Majority of his wealth coming from endorsements, licensing, memorabilia sales, and Nike alone has paid Jordan more than $1.35 billion in royalties since he arrived so and retired in 2003. So $3.54 billion. I think it was interesting. Scotty Pippen made the comments about how the last dance was there to to just remind people of his actual career. Yeah, right. And, you know, everyone's been talking about LeBron for a while, but just to, to remind but him. Is, but he, the, is he a good bloke? But That's a discussion we have had on this show. Yeah. He, he might be rich and he's really good at basketball, but is he a good bloke? Is he a good teammate? I don't care. I, I would like to play <laughs> with him exactly. uh, rather than against him. He just, he's a next-level weapon. The one for me, not in the top 25, Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, 10 Super Bowl appearances and seven rings and not in there in the top 25. Yeah, right. So he's under $750 million. Is that yeah. because so, he's, he, he's always taken little unders to keep players I, I, around? And Across his 20-year career, they reckon he's earned from his playing playing contracts around $235 million. But you think of the endorsements over the time yeah. and yeah. those appearances. Especially so. Peyton. Manning, so he always wants to get top dollars. So obviously you saw that there. But yeah. I've loved Peyton Manning and Eli Manning on yeah. Monday Night Football. They've just been quality. They're having quality. a great time, aren't they? Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. So what a wonderful list. Only one Australian in there, Greg Norman, and he hasn't played competitive golf for well over ten years. So it goes to show how much money is there in America, in particular, and in European soccer. We've got Peter Volandis on the line, a dead set legend when it comes to keeping the games and racing alive. The last couple of years, Peter, welcome back to the Dead Set Legends. How are you this morning? Very well, thanks, Gus. Mate, it's really good to hear from you. You're a busy man, <laughs> but we do want to talk about the the first round draw for the start of the 2022 season. Gee, there's some wonderful uh, wonderful matchups and none better than Panthers versus Manly um, at Bluebet Stadium on the Thursday night. Look, you've caught me in an awkward situation here, Gus, because we're not releasing the draw until next Tuesday. Oh. So what's, so what's out there at the moment is speculation, but okay. it's reasonably... Accurate speculation, I, I have to say. But <laughs> okay. look, we we the commission has to sign off on it by Monday, um, so the and the draw will then be announced on Tuesday. So it's hard for me to comment until the commission really basically approve the, of the draw. Totally understand, mate. No worries. Hey, Pete Wendell Sailor, mate. Uh, you must have been happy Wendell. With, how you going, mate? All right. Very good, thanks, mate. Mate, you've been happy. It must have been happy with the grand final and the outcome. Absolutely. Look, uh, um, it was a long year for us and. Behind the scenes, there was a lot of work to to keep the competition going, but I think the right decision was made to move it to Queensland, mm. uh, and that took all the risk out of of the situation. Because I think if we kept it into New South Wales, there would have been many players that would have been positive because it would have been impossible yep. to keep COVID out, no matter how good your protocols are. So we we did a risk analysis and we we took the game up there early, and I think that was the winner. I think if we 
let it go for another month, um, we could have been in trouble. Um, but the Queensland government was great to deal with, very professional, and we were able to get through the season unscathed. Peter, it's Jude Bolton speaking. Uh, the, the Dolphins, obviously, announcement in 2023 mm. to come into the competition. They've secured super coach in Wayne Bennett. It's exciting times uh, for South East Queensland, isn't it? Look, I think it's very exciting because we need to grow the game. You can't stay stagnant. And um, the Brisbane market's been uh, underutilised, in my view, especially for participation. And our greatest real estate is the state of origin. And unless you have petition, participation pathways in Brisbane, um, that'll weaken Queensland over, you know, in the next 10 years. Um, we need to look at a 10-year plan, and that's exactly what we're doing. And we want to grow participation in Queensland. That's, you know, it's, it's our second biggest state after New South Wales. It's heartland, and you know we've got competition up there now with the AFL and other sports, and we need to consolidate. So the first step for the game is to consolidate and grow. And um, the good thing about the Dolphins is they, they did some very good work, and they hired some pretty um, credible consultants to, to basically tell us that they'll get 200,000 new fans. That's wow. not fans that... That's not fans that you know go from yeah. South Sydney to the Dolphins or from the Broncos to the Dolphins. These are new people. These are new eyeballs to the game and you need that to grow mm. any sport that just sits back and does nothing you know after a while it'll perish and um, and rugby league is in a very fortunate position because we can have participation in so many ways we can play tip tag contact so everyone can play and you know we want to introduce beach rugby league in the summertime uh, we want to have tip uh, and tag and, and get everyone in the family involved because what we've discovered is that if you participate in some fashion, you become a fan. You you become a, a, a rusted-on fan, a fan that's engaged. There's a lot of people out there that are just casual fans, and our challenge in all sports is to make them fans that are totally engaged with the game. But I've got to ask about State of Origin. Obviously, I'm a proud Queenslander. Was there what, ever... what happened this year in the State of Origin? No, you guys yeah. won. Oh, thank but, you. But even next year's draw, was there, was there um, uh, any speculation of, like, giving three games to New South Wales since what they did this year, or... Um, you just thought you had to, because there's one back in Queensland, you know that, guys. Yeah, you? that's yeah. the last game, isn't yes. it? And yeah. the per- Perth is the yes. middle game, Second. first game in Sydney. Yes. Look, no, it didn't come into into our, um, because we've got contractual obligations, basically, and um, we have to honour those contractual obligations. This year was an extraordinary year. Um, it was circumstances beyond everyone's control, yeah. and everyone understood that. You know, we were very fortunate that Queensland hosted us and that we were able to get the three games away. But we've got a contract with, uh, with the Perth government, which we'll honour. Yeah. So one of the games will definitely be in Perth. And then, you you know, you have to give New South Wales and Queensland the other two. Peter, also just now, you're, you're obviously racing New South Wales Chief Executive with Turner oh, yeah. Ice to the racing. When, when do you sleep, Peter? <laughs> it's an amazing, amazing resume. <laughs> but you must have been pleased with the way, obviously, the fifth running of the Everest this year and Nature Strip, you know, stormed home and the, the atmosphere at, uh, at Randwick. Look, it was great because it was the first event after the lockdown and you could tell by, you know, there was, we were only allowed 10,000 people, but they sounded like there was 100,000 yeah. people. But the good thing about the Everest is it's a, a new age race for the current young people, for, for the under 30s demographic. And what we've discovered is they're really engaged with it. And the majority of our crowd are under 30. When we were selling tickets last year, um, you know, we sold 22,000 tickets, which is rare for a race meeting because normally people buy the tickets at the gate. Yeah. But of that 22,000, 80% were under the age of 30, um, which is extraordinary because racing has never attracted a younger generation. And we've been able to break through with the Everest and it's just continued to grow. And it's now the number one wagering race for New South Wales racing. Um, and it's only second to the Melbourne Cup in, in the New South Wales TAB. So it's grown very quickly in five years. 
but that, but that's a lesson for all sports is you can't keep um, marketing to a certain demographic. You've got to look at the youth. You've got to look at the next generation coming through. And a lot of sports make that mistake where they concentrate on their current customers and not worry about the ones that are the young ones. And and you know, I've got a 20-year-old and a 25-year-old that work in my office, and the five years between them, they're two different generations. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. quite it's quite surprising how different they are. And all sports and businesses, for that matter, have to keep analysing what the tastes are of those people, what they want, you know, the time management they have, and to uh, market it in that way. And that's what we did with the Everest, and and it's worked. And you know, and we want to do the same thing with rugby league. In participation, is that we've got to attack that that youth market, and not for male and female. Um, as I said, we're we're a very lucky sport in rugby league that you can anyone can participate because you can just play tip, tag, or or contact, and that's lessons that I bring forward to the rugby league from racing, and and that's the beauty of doing both roles. Is you know things that rugby league does well, racing doesn't do very well, but things that racing does very well, rugby league doesn't. So both sports are benefiting, um, you know, improving their strengths and and rectifying their weaknesses. Well, Pete, I need to ask you. I've been reading about uh, you know players you know that are non-vaxxed and players that are getting vaxxed. Um, what's your stance on it? Is there going to be one blanket rule, or at the moment, I know you're leaving it up to the clubs because. I find pre-season saying, okay, you're vax, so over here, you're not vax, so you've got to go over there. I find that's going to be so hard to do when you're doing ball work. Look, from out, look, I always treat um, rugby league as a family, all the players. We're one big family. And what we've discovered, um, if you mandate something and force your will on someone, they react. They, they, you don't, they don't cooperate. We have left that personal decision up to the player to decide if they vaccinate or if they don't vaccinate. And... We're, we are trying to, you know, we're fully, fully wishing that every player vaccinates because that's the way we're going to get out of this uh, pandemic is for the whole population to be vaccinated. But we don't want to take their personal choice away. We need to do it by, by a family member, uh, by cooperation and education. And the strategy has worked because the majority of players that we, and a lot of players we didn't expect to vaccinate, have vaccinated. You know, there's clubs now that are 100% vaccinated. And we, and we try to counsel the players to tell them they're going to have challenges if they don't vaccinate. Like in Victoria, you can't play unless, you, unless you're fully vaccinated. You mightn't be able to go to New Zealand if you're not fully vaccinated. So they've got to be made aware of, of the risks they're taking by not vaccinating. And we've, we're discovering that they are vaccinating because you're not forcing them and you're doing it by cooperation and education. And, and sometimes that's a better strategy. And I, looking at the numbers at the moment, it's, we're far more advanced by this strategy than I think we would have been if we mandated it. And you've got to remember, for the last two years, we have operated with unvaccinated players. We had protocols in place to keep everyone safe. And we're going to do the same thing even if, even if we have 100% vaccination. It doesn't stop you from catching the virus. I mean, there was a gymnasium yeah. uh, that there was 20 positives. They're all fully vaccinated. So. Um, because you're, from my understanding, you're not allowed to go to gym unless you're fully vaccinated. So it me means that they're all fully vaccinated. So we're not going to relax our protocols during the year because we're actually going to increase them by having rapid antigen tests, which have worked exceptionally well in racing. Um, you know, we've been able to stop uh, participants coming into the race course by doing a rapid antigen test that takes 15 minutes. It's less intrusive. So we can do that at the, at the clubs before they go to training, before they go to the games. So there'll be no one that'll be entering any... Um, venue that's positive, either vaccinated or unvaccinated, because we will stop it at, at, at the door. Beautiful, Pete. We could talk to you all day, mate. There's so many topics there, but we really appreciate your time and what a wonderful Legend. job you've done in the game of rugby league and in racing, mate. You truly are a, a saint. Thank you so much for everything you've done, and thanks for joining us on the Dead Set Legends today.
My pleasure, fellas. And we are talking about the fact that November 1 now has done, boys, we've got plenty of players out there that are off contract that can be snaffled up. And uh, so as Roosters fans, Jude, where do you want to start? Look, Eels actually have 15 players off contract in 2022, and I'm sort of looking at maybe that position for JWH moving forward. Um, so probably someone like Junior Polo from the from the Eels would yeah. be, would slot in nicely as prop. Absolutely right. And of course, there's Brandon Smith. The cheese is available, oh, and everyone's chasing him. Yeah, everyone chasing. is chasing him. But word is this morning that Roosters are in the front there to take him on board. What about massive. that deal? What a massive thing for the Roosters to get the cheese. Yeah, look, I don't think it's a surprise. Like I mean, you know, when you get a player of his caliber, and then you, I think what also will help other clubs is. You got someone like Harry Grant, like they're both great starting players, both different styles of football, but both bring a lot to the team. Mate, to be honest, those two aren't going to want to share that role for much longer. So, and Brandon Smith, let's let's have a look at the way that he plays and his character and that. Like, he just he he doesn't want it to be about him. He's a, he's a team man, but he wants to start. He doesn't want to sit on the bench. What about one player for the Broncos, one player for uh, oh, your the Dragons. beloved Dragons? Because you're a legend at both clubs. Oh look, oh, look, no, but I just like Brandon Smith. I think he's the player for me that. I think that that. I, but he's going to the Roosters, so you can't have. Yeah, him. I know, but no, but I'm thinking if you know, if you're the Broncos, he's a player that you need. You know, you need your spine. You know, that's and he's a player that can give you that. Um, we all know that he's a bit of a scallywag, but you sort of need those players at a club. Um, you know, and I know we all talk about ambassadors and, and culture and stuff, but mate, he, he's a winner. He certainly is. What a, and oh. so so that's one. Yeah. What's an, what's the other player out there that you go? You know what? I'd absolutely love him at any club. That you support you know, and love. Like Reed about, Marnie or something like that. Pardon? Reed Marnie or whatever. Yeah, mate, Reed Marnie is a player that, that I looked at. And look, I think he'll go to, I think if the Parramatta Eels don't lock him up, he'll go to Redcliffe. He's Ooh. perfect because I think he's from um, Sunshine Coast. And it's, it's, I'm glad that you said that, Jude, because he's a player. If he would have played in the finals this year, I reckon Penrith would have been in trouble in that game. They lost by two points. So Reed Marnie for me, uh, he should have played Origin this year. Uh, remember, he was in, the, I think, the 17 or the, oh, the, in the 18 yeah, or 19, yeah. and then he got sort of. Tap on the shoulder and sort of, you know. Back to Parramatta, yeah. mate. And we're expecting the Dolphins to sign potentially their first player this yeah. coming week. Really? It'll be interesting. And yeah. Ponga, Ponga looks like that man oh, at 1.4 million. But that's that's the bloke you want. He, he's the one that... At the Dolphins because he's a Queenslander and yes, all that. But just, just his own brand. He's just... Mate, no, nothing he does is wrong. Everything he does is right by the game. But also... Uh, he's such a he's such a charismatic uh, champion. Mate, he took his mum to the the Dally M's a couple of years ago, and I interviewed him, and, and his mum was great. He's a, he's a class act. Yeah. What about Peter in Campbelltown? Who do you reckon? Who do you support? And who do you want? I'm the Panther supporter, Gus. Congratulations, Peter. Thank you. Um, I think Tex Hoy, because the reason is we got we lost Tyron May, and he's a good utility player, and he's not getting a good run at Newcastle. What do you guys think? Yeah, Dale, what do you reckon? Yeah, Tex always a good player. Look, I reckon when he first came in, he was doing some great things. Uh, I, I reckon he'd be a great replacement there. So they're probably going to um, – I think they're probably looking at signing him, and he would be good for Penrith, obviously. Tyrone Mays on the way out there. But I reckon Hoy, too, at fullback, he can play like 5'8". He can play sort of anywhere there. But at fullback at the moment, I just think under pressure a little bit with his um, with his catching, he's, he's, um, there's a bit of um, – Shortcomings there. Are they going back to back, Peter, or not? Going back to back, mate. Yeah. Settle down, Peter. <laughs> Big <laughs> You're drinking again in the morning, no, Peter. Come on, mate. A new little game we played the last couple of weeks is all about the Cameo Callout. And the Cameo is basically a company that gets famous people, whether they're athletes or sports people or entertainers, actors, and so forth, to do a shout out for someone. Happy yeah, birthday. Personalised message. Yes. Yeah, personalised message. Perfect way to describe it, Jude. And I'm going to play the game with you now, boys. One celebrity or sportsman up against another, 
Who do you have to pay more for to get that little call out, okay? Can I ask a question? Yes, mate. What if you don't want to play? What if you don't want to play? We get out. You walk out. I want to play. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Michael Clark or Cameron Munster? Does it cost more to have a Michael Clark chat or a Cameron Munster shout out? Michael Clark. Pup. Pup is $300 for 30 second call out. Cameron Munster, $250. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Usman Kawaja or Taylor Walker? Taylor Walker, the AFL player, or Uzi Kawaja? Taylor Walker, I think. Uzi, yeah. Oh. Uzi, 300. Quick on the yeah. buzzer. Like yeah, way too quick on the buzzer. Shot down. Yeah. Shot down. Yeah. Hold the, Keisha. Hold the Keisha, come on. You're better than that. Yeah. Uzi, 300. Taylor Walker, 250. Wow. Okay. okay. Ice tea or this one? Oh, yeah. Neo. Neo. Neo for sure. Sexy, sexy guy. Ice tea. Or ice tea. What do you reckon? Ah, uh, Neo. Okay, Ice Tea five ninety nine. Neo four thirty two. Ooh, Dang. nicely done, Jude. I'm Dang. so sick of. Oh, you think you're? It's not too bad, actually. I know. I know. That's, that's better than you did on that TV show. Marcy, you? I thought, you, have you been on that? No, you <laughs> no, I have not. Because you're not a celebrity, mate. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is also true. Yeah, uh, Chuck Norris or David Hasselhoff? Ah, uh, the, the Hoff. The Hoff. I'm going to go Chuck. Chuck Norris is $599. David Hasselhoff, $664. Yeah, boy! Hasselhoff. Boom! Well done, Del. Thank you, mate. Um, Lamar Odom. Yeah. Or Alonzo Mourning. So Alonzo Mourning from The Heat. I think, I yeah. Think or Lamar, Lamar, Lamar Odom. I think Lamar. Uh, Mourning. Alonzo Mourning. Alonzo Mourning is 674 Lamar is 266. Unlucky, dude. Bang. Nicely it's done. Funny. And the last one, the last one is Caitlyn Jenner or this person? Oh. Lindsay Lohan. Oh, Caitlyn Lindsay Jenner. Lohan. Oh, how, how did, how did how, you say how, that again? Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> did you have a stroke while you were saying that? <laughs> is that the is that the lady that's a twin? <laughs> yes. I no, think that she was a movie. Is. No, that was a movie, no. but yeah. Oh, there's there's an she played a twin in a movie. That's right. I remember watching yeah. with my daughters one day. Jeez, okay. this up. So Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan or <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> she was on the Masked Singer when I was there. She Don't was mess a judge. with the Zohan. Am I pronouncing that person's name? Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan. What am I saying? Say it again. Lohan. Say it again, please. Lindsay Lohan. Six hundred and thirty-two nah. bucks, Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner. Jenner. I'm going to go Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner every, Jenner. every day. Three thousand three hundred and twenty-five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Okay, that was fun. Lindsay Lohan, you butchered, Lindsay, you butchered that. That Lindsay Lohan. Lohan. Wow. Triple M's dead set legends tackled the on-field drama. Now it's time to tackle the big off-field questions. Have you got a real-world question or moral dilemma you need help solving? Now's your time to call the dead set legends judiciary as they debunk or possibly rebunk the, the major issues affecting your life. Yeah, an opportunity for our listeners to get hold of us, guys, as the brains trust of their world, and they throw different questions at oh, us, yeah, yeah. and we come up with some sort of bumbling, fumbling answer. Yeah, I, I just use us as a sounding board. I think um, <laughs> happy to be that one that just people bounce ideas off and you know, said no one ever. We throw a lot of shit at the window <laughs> and wall and see what sticks. To be honest, anyway. <laughs> okay, Mike from Riverwood has given us this note, boys, and this one is a—it's quite a dilemma. Hey guys, I have a question for you on your next podcast. Well, thank you, Mick. You're right here, mate. Thank you, honey. <laughs> My girlfriend and I have been together for almost two years now and everything has been smooth sailing until now. All I've ever wanted to do is travel and I've planned to travel for a year and then COVID hit and obviously everything was put on hold and that's when I met my girlfriend. 
I'm fully vaccinated now that New South Wales is opening back up again. I'm planning to book a few trips as soon as I can. Just one issue. My girlfriend is refusing to get the vaccine for her own reasons and isn't too keen on me traveling without her. I'm in a tough place because I want to go and travel and experience what I'd originally planned, but I also don't want to have to break up with her. Do you have any advice? Yeah, well, look, look, oh, mate, you're gonna have to break up with her. Simple as that. <laughs> mate, she doesn't want to get vaxxed. She doesn't want to travel the world. You've got your goals. I know you've had two years with her, and you know we we always need a friend for two years in COVID. You know, around this COVID time. So <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you COVID friendly relationship. Yeah, you've worked well together. Um, mate, you've got the rest of your life. So. Look, I'm not saying you need to break up, but... You, she, did, you did a minute ago. You yeah. said you're going to have to break up. <laughs> well, look... I, I think, think you're right. I think she, they need yeah, to break up. They do. They need to break They've up. They've had their time yeah. and he's got different ideas and yes, thoughts mate, now. I, I look at it and think, you know, if he's offering the personal choice and she's she's allowing you know, to do that, he's, it's his personal choice to take take on the world, go by himself. Yes. You'll meet someone over there. Of yeah. course. Mate, imagine go going to... Fill, fill your boots, brother. <laughs> Imagine going to like Brazil, you know, the Carnival, oh, and then you know, you go, yes. you know, you're going to like, you know, London. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. It's a very good no. way of describing it. So go away, have your trips How and so is forth. He? he doesn't say, okay. but my gut feeling, Del, he'd be in mid 20s. Yeah, I was going to say that. Right. Yeah. So he, he hasn't done his traveling yet. So he needs to go he and have that adventure. Because you know what's going to happen? Because what will happen is if you stay, there's going to be some resentment there. And, oh, that's, for sure. and that's not a good foundation. You'll end up breaking up with her because six months later you'll go, you know what, I should be in bloody yeah. Italy now. I should be at that game or whatever it might in be. In New York City or in, you know, but, in but, London. Yes. But, oh. but worse, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be like Dr. Phil, but even worse, like just say you You're have a kid Dr. in the Phil. next two or three years and then you're sitting there and, and you're happy to have a kid, but then you're going. I'm never, never going to have my travelling moment. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're only young once. That's it. And I know you can travel don't, with your family. Don't get me wrong. You don't can travel be with that yeah, well, That's a different type of travel, That's right? exactly right. Don't be that person who's yep. just got those regrets and that's the chip it. on the shoulder. Yeah. Look, look at me. Live Oi. your life. Look at me. Look at Dell. He's Oi. always got a chip on his Oi. shoulder. No regrets. No, no regrets. regrets. <laughs> the other thing about it is that they could break up, you know, within three months anyway for whatever reason. Hello. Yes. So it's not like this is absolutely forever. You're not engaged. You're only just going yeah. out. Because everything's opened back up again now. So it's a whole different world, like, you know. So we're saying go. We're saying go. We're saying go. You've got to say to her, I'm going, I yeah. want you to go with me, yeah. but if you're not going to vaccinate, yeah. I, I respect that, but I am leaving yeah. and that it's all over. Yeah. And if we get back together again, when I get back, then all happy oh, days. Oh yeah, I don't think that's going to be happening, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> hope, you, hope that helped. And that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to hear us live, you can catch us every Saturday morning on 104.9 Triple M. We'll be back next week, of course. And thanks for listening to us on the Listener app.